This is the Final Round Podcast, coming to you live from the FingerLakes1.com studios in downtown Seneca Falls, New York. And now your host, Chris Marquardt. Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this edition of the Final Round Drag Racing Podcast, number 80 on deck. And we're going, uh, we're going to dig back into the archives and, and bring our guest from episode number 57 back again. Mike Firstle joining us here this evening. Jason's in studio as well. You'll notice a subtle difference from uh, the last appearance of Mike on the show. He was appearing by Skype last time, and in all of the updates that have been to the computers here, they have changed the logins to Skype, and I don't know what they are. <laughs> so uh, that notwithstanding, we're going to go old school. We've got Mike already waiting on the line uh, because he's got tons and tons of stuff that he wants to get through uh, here this evening, so uh, we know we're going to be diving into that. Jason's had a very busy week um, thus far. Most uh, most exciting is the new floor that's been poured in the garage. That's right. So nice place for your race car to sit since it doesn't go anyplace else. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a low blow. <laughs> yeah, I will say that the garage floor is long overdue. It was repaired when we moved into the house 20 years ago, and it was not repaired well. And uh, we've had a new garage door put on last year, and a nice new garage door that didn't seal to the terrible floor because it Ugh. was just in horrible condition. And uh, yeah, poured concrete today, and it's been uh, basically since last week that they first jackhammered the old floor out and. Uh, did an, uh, an apron to the garage and my walk and poured concrete and I'm thrilled. I'm hoping that uh, by the time I get home tonight I can, uh, I don't know if I should walk, I, I was told not to walk on it, but I'm hoping that I can at least close the garage door tonight uh, when I get home. And uh, so yeah. Does your, does your garage door stop part way or is that one of those that's all the way up? All no, way down? you know, I don't, I'm surprised actually considering the fact that it's a brand new garage door opener, but yeah, it only is up all the way or down all the way. I can't believe that I can't stop it mid, mid midway. Could you? Can you manually close it? You can manually close it. Yes. Just pop a piece of wood in one of the one of the runs and have it sit on the wood, so it's just a little bit up above oh, the. Oh, look yeah. at the big brain on Chris. I could have been an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> I've never tried the manual close. Honestly, I haven't had a garage door opener really either until last year. The previous one that we had died in like two thousand one, and I was too cheap to uh, to replace it. And I was always of the impression of. Do we really want to spend three hundred dollars on a garage door opener? How hard is it to lift the garage door? Uh, so yeah, here I am, twenty years later, and uh, I finally joined uh, like the nineteen sixties, seventies with a garage door opener. Uh, <laughs> I don't have one on my garage door, but anytime I open it, people start showing up thinking there's a yard sale. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I say, uh, I mean, mine's the same way, honestly, with all the garage parts. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I told you a story once. Uh, we were moving one time with my buddy's racing trailer, and a uh, little kid and a mom came walking by, and they're like, oh, what, is, what does he have in there, Mommy? And it's like, oh, he's got a race car in there. And all we had in there was furniture and stuff. And as the kid got to the door and looked in the trailer, he's like, he doesn't have a race car, Mommy. He's got junk. <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah, that's what my garage looks like right now. Uh, Phil Harnden is nice enough to store my race car at the moment so that uh, I can take pictures and post them online and make it look like uh, the race car is ready to go out. We took the kids for a bike ride, and I left the garage door open. Yeah. And there was three people in my driveway making offers on snowblowers. And, and some... <laughs> <laughs> you want to get rid of that stuff? No, not really. They took their life in their own hands. If you get off the habit trail that goes from the front of the garage to the back of the garage, yeah. you risk serious injury. There's a lot of stuff in there. None of it's good. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, it's been an exciting week, but, uh, and I will say that I almost, I will say I did forget about the podcast tonight. My wife reminded me late this afternoon, just as the concrete guys were wrapping up and going out the driveway, and I'm like, yeah, I totally forgot. And uh, thankfully, uh, Mike didn't forget because, uh, yeah, really interested in having him on to talk all about uh, the big announcement that uh, we made back on, or he made back on Saturday uh, about the new event for 2021. This is, this is really, really cool, and, and we're, we're making sure that we're early on this. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So we got we got plenty of time so that everybody knows what's going on, and, right. and with all the uncertainty that we've got facing us, it is nice to have some news about events that are forthcoming. Right. 
So, Mike, I mean, the, the big news, August 19th through, 20, uh, through the 22nd, 2021 at Grand Bend Motorplex, you're going to be hosting the Beavers Big Buck Racing Series, right? That's correct. Uh, yeah, this has been something that uh, I've been working on for the last two years, and I'm really excited uh, to be talking about this this evening on your show. And I want to thank, first of all, I want to thank both you and Jason for having me back. Sure, absolutely, man. So you've been working on this thing for two years. I mean, you got to put in a lot of legwork to put something like this together. Let's let's first focus on what it consists of and, and what it is. Introduce everybody to what it is. We'll follow up on the announcement that you made from Saturday. But then beyond that, I want to get into what it took to get there. So just kind of have that in the, the back of your mind because eventually we're going to get to why it took two years to get to where we're at. But introduce it to everybody. Let everybody know where they can find it, and we'll go through some of the nuts and bolts first. Okay, uh, well, uh, let's get started. I guess uh, right now uh, a number of things are evolving. Um, so we are not at the point at, to where we want to be just yet. Uh, but every day it keeps growing and it keeps getting better and bigger. And it, it keeps getting bigger. Uh, I mean, this thing has just blown up since Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll give you some idea of what we got for entries. But... This is one year out tomorrow, and uh, August 19th through 22nd of 2021 will be our inaugural race with the Beavers Big Buck Races. Mm-hmm. I uh, formed the company myself, uh, 1320 Events Productions. This is an extension of the practice tree race that we held about uh, two years ago, okay. I'd say 18 months now, that we held back in Red Deer, Alberta. Um, you remember at that time uh, we had a, a, a fairly large uh, agenda. Uh, we put, the, put together a practice tree race that we hosted 77 racers on a Saturday on a day that was extremely foggy. A lot of guys couldn't get down from Edmonton, and uh, we still pulled it off. Uh, we had five races, I believe. We uh, had 77 racers and about, I don't know, almost close to 200 entries, and we ended up giving away over $10,000. Nice. So this is an extension of it. So the the Beavers Big Buck Races refers to the the large purse payouts? Uh, that's correct. Yeah, we, okay. we we're going to give away, we're going to be giving away a lot of prizes and a lot of cash. Right on. Uh, again, uh, you know, it's 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 the way I operate. I whenever we do something, I want to do it big and, and let's do it right. Right. And uh, we're we're trying to create an experience for our bracket racers in the Ontario, uh, Quebec, New York State, Ohio, Michigan corridor. And in fact, we may be even running another race here in Alberta. Uh, which is going to be a big buck race next year. So we're working on a bunch of things. Uh, we're, we're planning on hosting possibly up to three races next year. Uh, Grand Bend is the first one that we can actually announce because all the details will put to bed. Sure. And uh, in, 20, in 2022, we're looking at five races. Whoa. It's always good to go into the plan, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, 20... It's uh, it's either it's go big or go home, right? That's right. I, I like that you hit on something right off the top and talked about the experience because so often when you get racers moving into the authoritative role, where they're the general managers of a track or where they move into promotion positions and stuff like that, they worry about all the stuff that used to grate on their nerves, things that weren't done right. And it ends up being an event by a racer for racers and they forget about the experience and the, 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 the nuance and some of the subtleties that make things stand apart. And, and by that point, next August, we're going to be able to have fans there and having the big money by having the prizes, by having the personalities and stuff there, making the trip to Grand Bend for this event. It's going to help build on that, that event feel and, and get that atmosphere up. And, and drag racing attendance, it's been tough. So you've got to cater to the people now, not only that are coming to the stands, but also that are coming to the pits. You've got all the overlap and everything that's going on in the pits so with the downtime and things to keep that atmosphere and that energy level up. It's, um, it's an easy thing to overlook, so I'm glad to hear right out of the blocks. You're already talking about it in those terms. Monday on the podcast, we were talking about 
the experience for drivers going through the tech line and the interactions with officials and things like that down in Mark Leesburg, Pennsylvania. And it was, we got in a little rift that sort of followed the same vein. So, so that's cool. Um, putting together three races is big, but the details on Grand Bend right now are the only ones that are out August 19th to 22nd, 2021. That's going to be up in Ontario. So this this format, we're going to stick with the practice tree. What else are we going to have in terms of of the structure of the event? Uh, what have you got for rules? Well, uh, a couple things. So maybe I can just give a, a bit of an overview on what what's going to happen those four days. Mm-hmm. So basically, Thursday Thursday will be parking and tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to run juniors. It'll be the first junior race that day. Uh, we're going to run juniors two days. We'll run them Thursday and Friday, and then we'll park them for the rest of the weekend. We felt it was very important to include the juniors because, again, it's it's family. We're, we're building a family atmosphere. We want to have a very relaxed and laid-back type of atmosphere where everyone comes in and they're treated like royalty. We want to treat the racers like royalty. That's important. Having been a racer myself and still competing today, it's it's extremely um, important to remember the experience that you had at a racetrack over any given weekend. Right. And, uh, you know, we've all experienced so-so experiences, and we've also had those great experiences, and those are the ones that we want to remember. So we're trying to create that experience that, you know, people are going to go away and say, hey, that was a really good event. I want to attend that race next year or the next event. So... so so speaking with Thursday, you know, just to wrap up, uh, after the junior race, you know, and everyone's parked intact and everyone that's on site, uh, we're going to host a gambler's race on Thursday evening. Mm-hmm. And then we get into Friday. Friday begins the, the actual, uh, uh, the big race. So on, fri- on Friday, we're going to have, we're going to give away $7,500 to the oh. winner. Um, and uh, that is going to be spread out over box. No box. What we're going to do is we're going to run box, no box, motorcycle will be combined in both those classes. Uh, we're going to have stock, super stock on site. And then on Saturday and Sunday, we're going to run both top dragster and top sportsman. And the way we're going to do this is we're going to run off each class that day. And what's going to happen is when we get down to 16 cars uh, or winners uh, in the individual classes, what we're going to end up doing is combining all the classes for the big money. Hmm. So the winners of those individual eliminators, uh, maybe, for example, uh, Box is going to have a few more players. Uh, stock and Super Stock will be wound down to a winner and runner-up. Um, and uh, then we're going to combine everybody at 16 cars. We'll have a washer draw at the starting line. We're going to call everybody up, much like they do on TV on Street Outlaws, No Prep. Sure. Uh, you've seen it before. Uh, we're going to have a, a washer draw, and then we're going to have those 16 cars laddered. So you may have a box car running a stock eliminator car. You may have a super stock car running a motorcycle. It's going to be a, a, a very interesting final to that day's activities. And uh, it should be very interesting to see who wins that race. So the the optics are going to be cool of that. Yeah, I have to say that uh, I, you know, Mike, I, you know, I've been sort of involved, I guess I'll, I'll call it as an advisor, you know, just helping out a little bit here and there, right? Uh, and I knew that you were going to have stock and super stock. I figured that it was going to be um uh the canm stock super stock series uh that was going to be running and i honestly thought that that was completely separate so it's really cool it's a cool concept honestly that um you're basically let's call it going to reward those guys right you know come come race stock super uh, stocks uh, it's going to be a stock super stock combo race i'm assuming right that's correct yeah, yeah so but i mean you're you're kind of rewarding those guys so yeah come race a stock super stock combo event and uh, then at that point, if you win that event, you get yourself a one in sixteen shot of winning a big dollar bracket race. That's pretty cool. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody else that's doing that with stock super stock guys. No, I, I thought uh, you know I wanted to do something different. I mean, there's a lot of uh, how could I say cookie cutter sure. dollar races to run in all over the U.S. And then there are those series like SFG and, uh, you know, the Spring Fling Million that Kyle Seifel and Peter Biondo are doing. Yep. So 
know, having had a chance to run the spring fling myself several times and actually uh, attended as a spectator and then gone on to run, uh, let's say, the 50K race, the World Super Pro Challenge on the August long weekend at Mid-Michigan at the Michigan Motorplex, um, you know, we've been able to pick up some great ideas. And there is some, there's been some good big buck races run out here in Alberta. Um, and you pick certain things, things that went extremely well. I call them best practices or low-hanging fruit. Yeah. And what you do yeah. is you combine them together, pick all the good stuff, and put them together in one race and see how it comes out. And uh, it's like, you know, blending uh, a whole bunch of ingredients for a smoothie in the morning. You, get, you know, you got your peaches, you got your strawberries, you got your blueberries. Well, here's what we're doing. We're doing the same thing with all the different classes to try and determine a winner, runner-up, and two semis. Each of those individual classes are going to have a division winner with a purse structure unto themselves, or is only the people in the top 16? I mean, it sort of goes without say, but are they going to have some money uh, earmarked for them as well? Yes, we're going to spread it out over, uh, we're going to pay back to the eights is what we're going to do. So we have eights, quarters, semis, uh, runner-up, and then the winner itself. And will, like, the winner of stock, super stock, the combo race, I mean, I'm assuming that they'll win something, right? It'll be a, a smaller amount than what they would win for winning the whole big event uh, for, you know, Friday or Saturday. But uh, usually what I've seen in the past, like with the top dragster and top sportsman, for example, uh, um, was it? Uh, yeah, it was, it was the SFG 1.1 million race, right? They had top sportsman and top dragster there. I think those guys paid one, I don't remember exactly what it was. I'm going to say it was $5,000 to win Top Sportsman or Top Dragster, and they won their entry into the million. So is that the same type of thing you're going to do here, where it's like, all right, the winner of the stock super stock race is going to win, let's call it 500 bucks and entry into the, the final 16 of the big dollar race, too? That's correct, yeah. We have uh, yet to determine what that amount's going to sure. be, because, yeah. I mean... Like I said, we're a year out, and right. this, still, this thing is still unfolding and evolving in front of our own eyes. And as we flesh out all the details, uh, we're going to begin to share more and more of that information. Yeah, the great thing about doing it that way, Mike, is the fact that you have guys, again, I mean, like a stock super stock racer might not generally feel like, yeah, I don't want to go race a, a bracket race type of thing. Um, I, I'm, I'm not really well suited to try and go up against all the dragsters and door cars that are going to be doing that, you know, big dollar bracket race thing. But I like the combo races. But now if you give the guy, let's call it the chance that he wins the stock super stock race to win, let's call it 500 bucks. The guy's going to be like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I mean, I just won. Basically, in most cases, you win your entry feedback and you're giving me free entry into the big dollar bracket race for a one in 16 chance. All right. Yeah, for that. Yeah. Basically, I get free entry. In and you got to make it one round. Right. You got to make it one right. round to so, get into money. So, yeah, that's where this the way that you're doing it, I think, is great because, yeah. yeah, these guys will definitely be signing up for this. Yeah, you can walk away as a division champion. And if nothing works for you in the in the big bracket, Didn't you still got anything. a division championship. Out right. Of it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Division win. Right. Yeah. I think it's cool. But you, you made a, a, a reference to say that you're not where you want to be quite yet. Uh, what's what's not falling in place at this point the way that you kind of wanted it to? I was a little surprised to hear that because, you know, we're, we're so far ahead of things. There's so much more time. What I mean, obviously, you've got planning in place with all of this stuff and you've got your long term plan with it. But where did you want to be that you weren't able to quite get across the finish line? Well, it's not so much that we're not there yet. We've got a pretty good idea of what we want to do. We're mm -hmm. just not comfortable with what we have at this point in time. We've got, uh, you know, we've crunched some numbers, and we want to make it better. In other words, sure. we're still trying to improve upon the model that we have right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've, got, I've got some, uh, you know, I've got a 25-member committee that we've been working with, and Jason's part of this, so he's been exposed to this already. And I invited Jason for a specific reason because, you know, uh, he runs his own association and he brings a whole bunch of skill sets to the table that, you know, uh, let's pick a little bit of his and let's go to Alberta and pick a little bit of theirs and let's go to Ontario and Quebec and let's pick a little bit of those. And so we end up with something that's 10 times better than, you know, I could ever come up with. And, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in team. Uh, together, everyone accomplishes more. We, we are far better with the team 
providing feedback and getting, you know, developing something that is simply better than what we started out with. So uh, I'm already happier to hear that that's what he meant because I was concerned, like, maybe we're worried about sponsors, maybe we're worried about this, you know, what it means. When when Mike said that we're going to take the best of everything and we're going to put it in the blender and mix it together, well, if you like pumpkin pie and you like steak, Yep. And you like sweet corn and you like watermelon and cheddar cheese. If you put all that in one blender, it's not going to be. <laughs> you might not a, like it. <laughs> there's a lot of good things going in, but it might not be the best coming out. But having that panel and being able to, to, to bounce the ideas around and, and, and take ideas from what's happening here and, and clear across on the other side of the continent and pluck all those ideas and sort of test fit different pieces and have those extra eyes on it, it really is going to be all those best elements pulled together into one thing and, and have a little bit of uh, insulation from that. Let's just take all these great pieces, throw it up in the air and see what, see what sticks. Yeah. And what I will say that uh, when Mike put this together to start, I mean, he basically sent out invites to a bunch of people and I wasn't sure, honestly, Mike, of the number, the total number of people he had involved, but he sent invites out to a number of people that he wanted to solicit feedback from. Um, and you know, immediately started, he had the Facebook group. It was just a private group at that point in time to basically say, all right, here's the things that we're talking about and discussing. And, you know, what are your thoughts? Um, and I will say that uh, Mike is, uh, he's a bit of a hard driver, honestly. Uh, so, I mean, he would create assignments, right? It's like, hey, I want everybody's feedback on this by, let's call it next Sunday. And uh, you're getting close to the deadline, and he'd call you right out in the group. Hey, I have feedback from everybody except for Jason and Jim and, and Bob, right? It's like, hey, guys, I mean, I'm looking for your feedback. Please let me know. And uh, so he was doing that, and along the lines at the same time, he was also um, – there was at least two, maybe three Zoom meetings where it was, all right, we have a bunch of topics that we want to discuss and review, so we're going to have a Zoom meeting. The last one I was on was probably – Oh, I would say a dozen, 12, 13 people that were on the Zoom meeting. And we were on the Zoom meeting for 90 minutes, um, basically talking about a series of different topics with regards to, you know, entry fees and uh, what we were going to do from uh, spectators and things like that. Uh, So, yeah, Mike has really been very organized with this whole thing. And uh, um, it's been, in my opinion, I think he's done a really good job of, of putting this together. So live chat's starting to pick up here as yep. we got a little bit deeper. Um, Troy's tuning in, Rob uh, Keister, Jeff Marnin all tuning in, Jeff Jackson. He's asking, <laughs> and he's making a joke, uh, are super street cars fast enough to race this? <laughs> <laughs> so is Jeff's super street car? No, his, pro- his probably isn't fast enough, so he better stay home. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, honestly, I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, Jeff's got a very fast super street car. But, yeah, I mean, this is, I will say, it's it's kind of interesting. An interesting thing that I saw at the SFG $1.1 million race. Mm. Guys have generally been building cars to go faster and faster and faster. Um, not only in Top Sportsman and Top Dragster, because it's fast, it's, it, in theory, it's better to chase. I noticed at the 1.1 million race that there were a whole bunch of cars that were like six flat in the eighth mile. And I almost feel like there might be a shift here at this point where guys are starting to figure out, yeah, it's nice to be fast. It's nice to have a dragster that goes 390 in the eighth mile. Um, But it's no fun chasing a six-second door car in a 3.9-second dragster. So, yeah, it's no fun being the door car being chased, but the dragster doesn't really have the advantage at this point either because there's such a discrepancy in speed. And I have a feeling that the guys that are going really fast and pushing the limits like that are starting to find out that there are downsides to it. Because when you start really pushing the performance level, you start running into other things where you get in the six-second door car. And it's like, for God's sakes, I let go of the button every time. It hooks perfectly every time, and it's just ridiculously consistent. And when you talk about these eighth-mile races... A 20 thou package gives you a 50% chance of winning. Um, you're over a 20,000 package, you're probably going to lose. Right. Um, 
and uh, you know you might even might be able to say you know a ten thou package maybe that even is only a fifty percent chance of winning, and you almost don't even you you could argue you don't even have to look at your look at your competitor anymore. So I'm trying to I'm trying to follow the 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 complete point as we come around. You're saying that it's that the trend seems to be building away from speed and instead to consistency. Exactly, exactly. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, again, Jeff has a very fast super street car, but you don't even have to have fast cars. And the guys that we've seen do very well, the guy that won the 1.1 million race, I think he was only dialed in the low sixes in the eighth mile. Um, and these guys are building, and the trend seems to be building these cars that run in the, I'll say, 570 to 650 range, and I'm just going for consistency. And yes, I want to know where my competitor is, but all I'm going to do is I'm going to plan on hitting the tree and making this thing consistent as all get out, where I can dial a number and know what's going to run the number. And at the very last second, if I, I'm going to look at the finish line, and if I see a wheel there, I'm holding my foot to the floor, and if I don't see somebody, I'll tap the brakes at the very last second. And that's it um, because these races are so close right um there's really very little time to do anything else uh so i mean this really is going to be a, a race i guess i'll call it that will be open to everybody and i'm sure mike i'm sure you would agree oh wholeheartedly i i think you know if you look at the last two winners of the sfg race the last two years this year it was steve cisco and anthony bertozzi's chevy too right yep and you look at the previous year, it was D.H. Birch in the Ford Ranger that Matt Dattis owns. Uh, by the way, Matt Dattis is part of our committee. Yep. Um, I, I have picked his brain as to what, you know, what is um, the things that he wants to see in a race. I mean, and he's been to a ton of races right. the last few years. And I, met, I actually met Matt at the Mid-Michigan race. Uh, in 2017 at the 50K World Super Pro Challenge because we were racing there. And uh, I happened to notice that, you know, I looked at the car and I thought, geez, I recognize that car. That that car was owned by DJ Razor. No, that car was also owned by Bob Park. It was owned by Dean Mogash. Mark Souter owned that car. And I'm looking at this car going, geez, that was track champion at Cuga many, many years ago in the <laughs> early 90s. So, you know... Uh, when you come back to looking at the cars that are winning the races, I mean, one of the things that's really helped the door cars is the fact that we're now separating dragsters versus dragsters and sure. door cars go run against door cars until we're out of one of them, right? Right. And normally it's, we're out of dragsters before, we're actually out of door cars before we're out of dragsters because dragsters just dominate the field. Yeah, yeah. But door and, and, cars have been winning more and more lately. I mean, if you look at the million a couple of years ago, Dave Triplett won in his Vega. And that car was only running like six o's. Right, right. So, Jason, I think I think you've hit on a point that one of the things that the faster car has the disadvantage if the closing rate is so fast and you're so and you're sixty miles an hour or forty miles an hour faster than that door car, it's hard to judge the strike. Oh yeah, 100%. unless unless you have a game plan. You know, Luke Luke Bugacki talks about this all the time. Having a game plan prior to the race for your opponent. And running that game plan to a T. The problem is, is when you are 60 or 40 or 30 miles an hour faster than your opponent, that closing rate is extremely, it comes up on you real quick and you got to make a split second decision. If right. that guy with the door cart running out the back door because he can run six O's or six flat all the time, right. well, he's got the advantage. Yeah, so I mean, in this, in this particular case, you know, I think, you know, what you're going to have is when you get to the final 16, you know, you're going to have a real variety there. Um, I mean, the stock super stock combo race winner, I expect, will be you know somewhere. Let's call it in the 650 range, somewhere like that. But you're going to have top dragster, top sportsman winners. They're going to be probably low to mid four second range cars. You're going to have you know, uh, let's call it a, a, a no box. I mean, the no box could be anything, but what are it's the bikes not- going to do. Um, well, the bikes—I mean, they could be anything, right? I mean, bikes could be really fast. They could be—it could be a street bike. I, I don't think. Right. I mean, that you're, you're at a little bit of a disadvantage with a street bike, but um, uh, but you know, like a no box car. Typically, when we think of box and no box, usually 
the average ET of a box car is a little bit quicker than a no box car is. Um, so, I mean, would it be uh, uncommon, I guess I would say, in this particular case to see a, a no box car dialed at 750 in the final 16? No, not at all. Um, I think that's very, very possible. So, yeah, I think uh, you know, you're going to see a real range of ETs basically um, in this final 16, right, uh, overall. From there, uh, you know, I think I, I think it's going to be a really interesting, a really interesting final sixteen that you're going to have, um, and you know, as far as the the various classes, I, I guess one one question that I had, Mike, is that uh, so double entries are going to be allowed, right? That's correct. Yeah, we're going to allow double entries. And is that going to be double entry? I'm assuming double entry, same car. That's correct. And so super stock, guy who's racing in super stock could also be in no box as well. Uh, if they wanted to go that way, it's highly unlikely, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... I mean, and maybe that's a maybe that's a bad example. I mean, I guess it could be. So they could do that, but I mean, yeah, probably more than likely is. Uh, I, I mean, you, there's certainly plenty of no box racers that are not afraid of against running against the box cars at all, right? So I f fully expect that you'll have guys running box and no box, or potentially top sportsmen and box, or things like that, right? That's correct, and uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at the the guys like Justin Lamb, who runs the spring fling all the time, uh, Justin goes off the bottom yep. uh, in his super stock in his super stock modified car, yep. uh, his Cobalt. Uh, you know, you look at Kevin Pollard, you look at uh, Michael Beard, you look at uh, oh, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of all all the guys that can run off the bottom, but also run up against the box cars. With no hesitation whatsoever. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not intimidated. Right. They can get up there, and they can cut as good a light as the guys that are leaving off the top belt. And yeah. that's an amazing skill. I mean, that, <laughs> that, that takes a lot of practice. I, uh, I will completely agree with you there. Now, with regards to... So, in I don't think you'll see any dragsters in no box. Um. It, it's possible, but I don't think you will. Um, but so let's let's just talk about box for a second. So in box, you're going to you're going to have the door cars and dragsters run separately until they get down to 16 cars or something like that. Uh, well, basically, what's going to end up happening is we'll run out of door cars. Right. That's the way it normally. That's the way it normally runs at most big buck races. Now, again, we don't know how that's going to unfold. Sure. Uh, we'll continue to run door car against door car and dragster against dragster until we're, you know, you're gonna you're gonna see a lot more cars in the box and no box classes uh, when you get into the final sixteen. Uh, they'll dominate that class. Yep. Uh, there'll be more of them because. With stock and super stock, we're going to run down to winner or runner-up. Yep. And then with top dragster and top sportsman, which we really haven't talked about yet, right. we're going to run those guys on Saturday and Sunday. The way we're going to do that is first on Saturday, we're going to run those guys. It's going to be the fastest qualifiers. So low EC will be number one qualifier. And we'll take the 16 fastest cards in each category, run them down to a winner, then those winners will then come into the big race. Yep. And okay. the, on, the, on Sunday, on Sunday, the way we're going to we're going to run an all run format. And taking an idea from Alberta, I have run with Top Eliminator Edmonton for a number of years, and it's all dominated by top sportsmen and top dragsters. The way we qualify there, it's not the fast car. We use reaction times. Oh. And then we also allow an all-run field. So what we do is that we have 48 cars. We run 48 cars, and we ladder them up. Okay. So generally, the number one qualifier is always the trip, zip, something. <laughs> yep. Okay? And usually, and sometimes it can be, and that's what's the neat thing about it, because sometimes up, you, know, you can go up to your top 10. Your first 10 guys are all trip, zip, zero, something. Right. 
And yeah. then pair, you know, and then we we do that, and then we pair those guys up on a ladder, and away we go. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the top sportsmen and top dragster competitors handle that. One day we're going low ET, and the next day we're going to go all run based on reaction time. And everyone gets a chance to compete against one another, um, and it just be a different format. Again, trying to think outside the box, doing something a little bit different than the cookie cutter races used. Right, right. And I'm assuming, Mike, that uh, so let's say I come out with my top sportsman car, and uh, I don't qualify. I'm number 18 qualifier uh, on Saturday, um, just by ET, right? Um, yeah. I'm assuming that for my entry, I will be given the option at that point to basically just fall back to the box class, right? That's correct, yeah. And that's the beauty of that is that everyone still continues to race. Right. But they'll just be in a different class, right? Yep. They'll just have to go more rounds that day to get to the, you know anywhere near the money. Which that's, I mean, honestly, it's perfectly fair. I mean, you're you're taking a chance at, at getting into the top 16 and top sportsmen, but if you don't make it, all right, at least at least you still have a chance of the overall race. It, uh, so so we must have a comment on... There's the, a lot going on. Oh, there's right a lot now, going yeah, on. Yeah, there is. It's, it's kind of fun. I, I like nights like this where it gets busy. <laughs> Gary Federico, uh, Jeff Jackson pointed out he's a 690 car. Yep. So that, that tells you where he wants to be. Yep. Um. Gary Federico in the quarter, said, of course. But anyways, said that it's a said that it's game plan bingo. So what do you do? And and I said, you know, I was wondering what the what the sense was. And he says, you take your dial. Do you hold it? Are you honest? You got to have a plan at five hundred feet, and you got to have a plan at eleven hundred feet to know where you're going to be. And and my thought back to that is, you need to be on point for all of it. When you look at what your consistency conversation was. When you were going on about about the the consistency is yep. is you need to go in with something that you know is going to do it the whole way so that you even have the chance to be in a the game plan conversation because if if one little piece gets out of whack then you're really in trouble. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah, and it is important to have. Uh, so I guess so. One thing that to to uh, clarify. So even though Grand Bend is a quarter mile track, these races are going to be eighth mile, right, Mike? That's correct, yeah, the eighth mile. And we wanted to use that format, again, because most big buck races are run on the eighth mile. And, you know, I always think back to racing at Lancaster when I had the opportunity way back when. Um, you know, I always enjoyed running the eighth mile because everything happens so quick. Right. I mean, uh, if you've got to make a decision when you're eighth mile racing, boy, I tell you, you got to have your act together. Yep. And uh, it, it presents a whole bunch of new issues, and, and I just love the format. And yeah. it speeds yeah. up the day, too. It'll help speed up the day. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, from a game plan standpoint, I will say that uh, you generally should have a game plan. Um, do you always have to stick to your game plan? No, you don't necessarily have to. And, I mean, what makes the... I guess really good drivers really good is that they have their game plan and they are able to modify it going down the track uh, accordingly depending upon what happens but uh, um, I I will say in a lot of cases the worst thing that you can do is what I uh, do all the time being a terrible racer um, is going away from the game plan (laughs) and looking back afterwards and being like hmm if I just would have stuck to my game plan that I had that I had spent time thinking of beforehand, right? right? Um, it all made logical sense as I pulled up to the starting line, and then I took my brain out and set it aside and decided <laughs> that there was some other way that I should do this. So, uh, yes, it is good to have a game plan for sure. Uh, uh, well, just in in what uh, in what Gary was saying, it's like it takes a lot of discipline. Oh, not to put the plan together, but to stick to it. Oh yeah, to not think yourself out. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, I mean, we haven't even talked about... So, Mike, on Friday, it was 75... Well, Friday, you said you were, it was going to be... Seven, the, the purse right now, and again, we're a long ways away. So, typically, these races, usually when SFG or the, or the fling races get announced, it's usually near the tail end of the calendar year... Uh, of the prior, if not if not the beginning of the calendar year for that year's that season's worth right. of races, so we're way ahead of the game at this point. But um, so right now the purse on Friday, total purse on Friday for the main race is seventy five hundred, or is that if to the win? winner wins? Seven, yeah, no, the the winner wins seventy five hundred dollars, 
Okay. And the total payout, I believe, is somewhere in the neighborhood of thirteen thousand dollars. Okay. So now Saturday, so we're so we're paying back to the eighth. Okay. Right. So we have winner, runner-up, semis, quarters, eighth. Yep. Yep. Now that's but that's Friday. That's not the big race. Saturday, I'm assuming, is the big race. That's correct. We're going to pay the winner fifteen k. Yep. So the winner wins fifteen k. The runner-up, I believe, is seventy five hundred, just off the top of my head. Right. I don't have the payout. Uh, the payouts have now been listed on our public Facebook group, Big Beavers, Big Buck Races, okay. uh, or even Beavers, yeah, Big Buck Races, and it's I just printed them out, listed them on the Facebook group site, so everyone can see them exactly what we're going to pay out, and and we've determined this, like I said, one year out. Uh, now, if we get a better turnout or we get more pre entries than we had. Figured on because I have I have a number in mind of how many cars we're going to draw. Yep. If we get more entries and we have signed all of our partners, marketing partners that I think we're going to get, yep, we'll raise the payouts right on top of what's been posted right now. Right. Yeah, that's why I was saying. I mean, so I mean, the payout right now for Saturday's race is fifteen grand to win, which is a good payout. Um, but I mean, really, in my mind, you you still have four more months to work on, you know, more more sponsors, and you know, like I said, from a pre-entry standpoint and things of that nature. And and one thing we haven't talked about so far is what the entry fee is. So, um, you know, uh, probably not a lot of people would enter if it was ten thousand dollars to enter uh, for the weekend and fifteen to win. But I mean, the entry fee is very reasonable for the weekend. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, for uh, 4.99 right now is our best price. And we're, we've actually got a special on. If you enter the race uh, for three for, for the three days, the three main races, uh, it's seven and a half k on Friday, fifteen k to win on Saturday, and ten k on Sunday. That's 4.99. And what that gets you basically, if you if if you get in before tomorrow night at midnight. Uh, we're going to give you VIP parking, so a selected spot yep. where all the VIP parking will take place. You'll have the best spot in the entire pit. Secondly, you get two free crew passes, and we throw in two free spectator passes. Right. So that's the savings of another $100. And if you add what you're going to save from the gate fee that you're going to pay, let's say if you rolled up on the day of the weekend of the race, that's another 126. So now it's a total of 226 bucks that you save. Yeah, and and on top of that, uh, which we've all become very fickle from this standpoint, but uh, the VIP parking is uh, pretty nice. That's a pretty nice benefit as well, right? Nobody nobody likes to be pitted out into the mud. Um, and dealing with that type of stuff. And I'm not saying that that, that Grand Bend has that, but it really makes for a... Uh, it's a it's a really bad start to the weekend, I guess we'll call it, when you pull in uh, and you're the last person pulling into the track and they're like, oh, sorry, this is the only pit spot that we have uh, out in, uh, you know, uh, the, the North Dallas 40. And, uh, you know, it's it's all weeds and stuff like that. So, I mean, to have the, the VIP parking, too, is a really a nice benefit to, to the pre-entry. Well, it's, it's something that's very, very simple. Again, it's one of those basic little things that, you know, we always look for when, whenever we go to a drag race, especially if something of this nature where you have that many cars competing, if you can get a really nice parking spot, but I'll tell you, you you're right. It's, it starts the weekend off on a really nice footing, yeah. and uh, it just creates that experience where uh, you know what? I've got a great parking spot. You know, we're here. We're ready to race. We got the crew, the family. Everyone's here. We're going to have a great time this weekend. Oh, and and I mean, quite honestly, it takes the pressure off for a lot of guys. I mean. Look, we're, we either all own our own businesses or we're all basically working stiffs and we're doing this uh, as a hobby. So now if you know that you already have that pit spot reserved for you, you don't have to leave work early to try and get there early to get your pit spot. It's already there waiting for you. So you could potentially, that, save, 
You could potentially save yourself a half day's vacation day, uh, basically uh, going to the track because you don't have to get there, uh, you know, at you know, very first thing or camp out overnight so you could be the first one in the gate to get a decent pit spot. So that's a that's a nice benefit. Now I, I will say that another thing that I really like that you've done, Mike, is you've really been also concentrating on trying to make this a an experience for the fans as well so we're all going to bring crew people with us but i mean and those people are going to are going to come to the track regardless because they're with us and they're there to help us and be at the races but you actually want to try and generate some fan interest and, and get fans in the stands watching us while we compete as well that's correct yeah i've always admired bill bader uh jr at Norwalk, you know, they, they run one of the only divisional races where they can pack the stands with 10,000 fans. And we want to, you know, whether we'll get to 10,000 or not, I don't know. But if we can create something very similar where the crew, the family, the friends, the neighbors, you know, the, 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 the network from down the street or someone that you work with, if they can come and join you for the weekend and watch you race, that's a that's a fantastic experience, and we're going to allow spectators to get in for fifteen bucks. Uh, most places that we've gone to in the past, you know, it's always around twenty dollars. And you were the one that brought that up. I mean, you, I asked you, you know, and during our Zoom, I said, "Listen, what does Lancaster charge?" Because you know what, it's one of those places where we've always had that great experience. You know, you go Friday night racing at Lancaster. And you look up in the stands, and I'm, that was 20, 25 years ago when I was there uh, racing, and, and the place was packed. Right. I mean, you know, you had five, ten thousand people in the stands. That's that that is something when a track owner can pack the place for a simple drag race weekend, and uh, and 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 have that many fans in attendance. I mean, it benefits everyone. It benefits the the, uh, the racers. It benefits the the venue, the track itself, the management. I mean, it just creates a, what I used to call, I, I call Lancaster a, a circus atmosphere. <laughs> you know, it was always one of those enjoyable places to go on a Friday night where you can where you can go race, or if you came as a spectator, you could hang out with your buddies and bet on the, on the cars. You could almost reach through the fence and touch the cars. You know, you have your beer or your pizza. That's a fantastic experience. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's definitely a special place to uh, to watch the drag race uh, right along the fence there. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know what the heck. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe they just have the the headers uh, directed the right location. But I mean, literally, the header flames are big enough at, at fuel cars that if they tip the headers down, you could easily burn the spectators standing along the wall at Lancaster. You're that close. <laughs> Your headers came up. My headers came up? Your headers came up in chat. Jeff oh, said boy. that you could be the number one qualifier, but your headers leak. <laughs> Yes, I'd get sued by uh, the spectators for uh, burning them from the leaks in my headers, right? (laughs) Carbon monoxide poisoning (laughs) after a pass. Uh, We did have a question, and I think it's it's more Jeff's accountant asking this than than Jeff. Is it it Canadian funds or U.S. funds? I mean, that's a good question. I'm Uh, assuming Canadian, but I could be wrong. Well, it's uh, right now. It's in Canadian funds, but we're working on a plan to try and drive some American uh, racers to come join us. I mean, uh, you know, we we love our American uh, friends that that we race against. Uh, I, I've met some great people over the years in California, uh, Nevada, you know, Washington State, New York, uh, Ohio, Michigan. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I bought my 34 Chevy Street Roadster out of Florida, and I went to Immokalee Raceway. And it's, it, uh, you know, to have somebody like that come up, that was, I mean, that, that's, that's a hell of a long tow. But, you know, uh, <laughs> we, we, love our, we love our American friends, and we miss you guys up here. Uh, so we're trying to drive some American friends. So one of the things to consider is that your dollar right now, if the border was open, you could come up. Your dollar is worth a dollar thirty-five. Mm-hmm. So that's a fantastic, uh, that's fantastic value that you're going to get for the kind of payout that we're paying. Now we're also working on a plan where if an American racer pays in American funds, that somehow we can work out a plan where we could pay in American funds. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
yeah, again, we're, that, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Uh, we're tossing that idea around, and I, I'm not even sure if I should have said that. But, but <laughs> yes, uh, <you> know, <laughs> I, uh, I, I got to make some money at this thing, right? It's going to be tough to walk that one back. But all the same, well, be, yeah. I mean, at the end of the it's day, it's such a long ways away. You're fine. I did want to get into just real quick why it took why, why it took two years to put this together. But at the same time, I kind of already got a little bit of the answer because you're going around and. And and not just looking at events and figuring out what works, but you've got the you've, you've got an advisory panel, and and giving them tasks to do and and getting that that input back and and taking your time and building things the right way. It seems to me that that would be why there was the duration. But was there other factors uh, put into making it um, two years in in creation before the first race? Well, I. You know, uh, there, there's a couple of reasons why. Uh, one, I have a family member that's fighting cancer right now. Um, you know, uh, it's, that's my wife, and, and uh, we, we've, got, we've struggled through the last 19 months. It's, it turned our world upside down. Sure. But having said that, having said that, uh, this preparing this race and putting this together has been great therapy for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it has been a bit of a distraction for me. And allowed me to focus on something else besides what's going on, you know, in our household. Um, you know, it's 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 a terrible thing that we're going through, but we're 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 pushing through, and uh, we're trying to do to make the best of it. And I would like nothing more than to have my wife there uh, participating in this whole venue because uh, she's always been my right-hand person, you know, whether it was a uh, crew chiefing on the car, strapping me in, checking my tire pressure, um, you know, doing my weather data, uh, logging my crew chief, uh, crew chief pro software, you know, taking all that data and being able to be a part of uh, predicting the dialing. Um, she's been a huge part of this. So this, uh, the period that we took to put this together, one of the things I've learned over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years is that you don't rush into things anymore. When you right. get to our age, you know, you, you tend to think of things, about things a little bit, a little bit longer before you jump into making mistakes and having, having a big race like this. Because this takes a lot of work, a lot of preparation. Right. Well, I, I hope all of those, all those stars align for you. Hopefully your wife uh, can be there for you on the, 19th through the 22nd and be part of that and things continue to trend well for for her and for you guys at home and uh there's nothing to be said for the patients i i agree with you there there's something to be said for taking your time and putting it together the right way so that it's the right way the first time you don't walk away with a you know this uh this would have been really great if we would have just blah 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 blah, blah and you run through the laundry list of things that you would have changed so I, I i do like that you know try and get everything together the right way the first time so you can put your best foot forward because i'm sure without a doubt that after the event is over with you're going to have a lot of analysis to go back and and redo um different plans projects projects shortfalls etc just like uh just like anybody does uh, when you're done putting your first race on here at Grand Bend Motorplex uh, coming up in August of 2021. I will say there is a lot of activity in the Beavers Big Buck Bracket Racing Group. A ton of activity. Um, one one thing we haven't touched on here is uh, one of the things that we did, and Chris, I don't even know if you're aware of this or not. This was one of our homework assignments. So Mike came to uh, basically all everybody on his advisory panel and said, "Is this the page or is this the message group uh, that you just referenced?" Uh, I guess. Well, I think it's the. I think it's the page. Yeah, I think it's the page. Uh, Shoot that name at me. So, yeah, let me just clarify that. So we have we have two. One is a, a private group that we have for our committee members to be able to uh, provide feedback and for me to throw ideas out and you know and have people go out and do some homework and then we also have the beavers big buck race uh, right. Facebook site it's still private at the moment um, but we have I just checked we have 636 members and that's only since last Sunday uh, I would say I thought it was actually uh, <laughs> I want to say I thought it was, oh yeah it is 636 I want to say I thought it was 648 because I was going to say Mike I think you uh, added to 12 more members since the last time but it is yes you're right 636 uh, at the moment but uh, 
Um, yeah, the, like I said, the activity level in that in that group is uh, is really incredible. Um, and uh, but one of the things that we had to do as a as a homework assignment was Mike wanted to try to attract racers that really haven't been to big dollar bracket races have been you know at their local track doing well all the rest of it but really haven't kind of ventured out and done one of these races so mike's idea was i want all the advisory people to nominate somebody and then we're basically going to do a random draw to see which of these people wins a free weekend entry um so, Mike, I don't even remember. Honestly, I don't remember who it was that won. Um, uh, the weekend free entry was... So what we did was uh, we decided that to kick off this entire announcement that we were going to be running this race in uh, Grand Bend in 2021, we wanted to get a lot of people turned on. And what we decided to do was to turn somebody on that maybe had just started drag racing, you know, maybe three to four years. We had a couple of people that were a lot longer than that. But the, the most important factor was they could not have raced at a big buck bracket race in the, pre, in the past. And so what we decided to do was have every committee member, or at least the, the participating committee members for that individual uh, Zoom uh, conference, we had them each nominate what I would call a newbie, somebody that was new to big buck bracket racing and had never participated. So we came forth with 11 names from all over the country. And in fact, uh, we had a few, I believe, from New York. Yep. Because I asked Jason to nominate somebody, and, and he did. And, uh, and what we did was we had a draw. We, we, uh, we put all the names, and, and we, we actually... Uh, uh, showed, you know, we displayed all the names on the Facebook Live, and we put them in a hat and drew out uh, a lucky winner. And our lucky winner was Cody Newman from uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Northern Ontario. Now, he basically is way up north. I mean, it, it, you're talking about, uh, I believe he's got about a seven or eight hour trip to come through Ontario to get the Grand Bend yeah. because he can't cross at the border. So he has told me that he actually he's actually raced in northern Michigan a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, but Cody was the lucky winner. He uh, so he gets a weekend free entry. So uh, you know a, a six. I think it works out to almost seven hundred and fifty dollars worth of value. He got uh, two free crew members, two spectator passes. He got VIP parking, and I think we even threw in a couple of t-shirts there. Yeah, I mean, and that was a, in, in my opinion, it was a really, really cool promotion to kind of kick all of this off. Mm -hmm. I mean, just a nice way to, again, to try and get people involved that uh, maybe normally would be like, yeah, I can't really justify the cost, so that's why I don't race these races, or I just, so the guy that I nominated, so Ben Height, I mean, he has been to a few races, but really only started traveling near the end of last year. I mean, they finished their car, he finished his car, um, and they went to, I think they went to South Carolina, if I remember correctly, like November um, or something like that. So really just starting to dip his toe into these types of things. Never been to an SFG race or anything like that. Um, and uh, I actually talked to him at length before I put his name forward. Um, you know, because quite frankly, it's like, hey, I want to make sure that you meet the requirements of kind of what we're looking for, right? Sure. And uh, um, But it was really cool to kind of go through that process. And, and you know, I, sure, I would have liked to have had Ben win, but, I mean, just to have anybody that was in that kind of situation um, get a free entry is, uh, is pretty darn cool. And uh, my guess is that's probably not the last promotion that Mike will do. My guess is that there's going to be probably more uh, things like that, you know, raffles and stuff like that that Mike will do to uh, uh, try and generate just a little bit more interest to get people to come out to the race for sure. And uh, I would have to assume that, uh, you know, again, Grand Bend is right now the first announced event, but like, like Mike had mentioned, that uh, we have 
There's others well, to come. He has he has others in the works as well. I can't say we because he's he's the one doing all the work. He just every <laughs> once in a while he messaged me and he, he asked me, uh, "Hey, what do you think of this?" Um, so yeah, it's really it's a good th- spot to be in. This is Mike's doing. No pressure. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure for you. <laughs> Jason, you're just as much a part of this deal as I am, so uh, I'm. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not, not going to take. Yeah, I'm not going to take anywhere near that much credit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad the rollout of everything went so smooth, and and everything has been uh, um, aligning so well. I hope that everything continues to grow. Uh, I anticipate having you on again here as things continue to evolve and move forward. So. Um, we'll leave a little bit of meat on the bone for that one, and I anticipated that more of the details will be fleshed out as as we get closer to that. Um, just to wrap up, where can people find out more details about this on Facebook? You referenced the page. What was the name? I missed it. All right. So the yeah. So the uh, the one with regards to the race that they can directly access is Beavers Big Buck Races Facebook group. So okay. it is a private group, but basically they can they can join and get in. They can see the chatter. They can see my posts. Uh, we are going to have our website ready, uh, up and, uh, and running within the next month. So uh, right, I would perfect. say about the second or third week of September, we should have our website up and running, and that's going to be the the go to place for sure. all the information. And they'll be able to see a lot more information than I'm able to provide this evening. <laughs> the one thing I will say, the one thing I will say, is that we have right now five five bombshell announcements to make within now between now and the end of the year, and uh, we're just trying to slowly release it because mm-hmm. if we release too much information, it's overwhelming. Right. It's just too much to take in. And uh, we'd like to get we'd like to get a little bit of uh, I'd say credit for you know the, the the announcements when they do come out. I mean we've got a lot of things in the works, um, and there's five things that we right now have in our back pocket already put to bed, but we have not released. Well, that's that's awesome. So I don't know I don't know all the uh, people that we had viewing uh, and involved in the in the chat uh, tonight. I did just see that Gary Federico was already invited to the group, um, and I did just send an invite to Jeff Jackson. So I'm sure he's, I don't know if he's still watching or not, but uh, he's probably at home pouting because he hadn't received his invite yet. So (laughs) I've just sent him his official (laughs) invite. Uh, (laughs) Well, he did, uh, Jeff did comment just a a few minutes ago that he's very sorry to hear about your wife and uh, sends his best wishes and prayers to you, Mike. Well, I really appreciate that. And having, and having, I sat down with, when I first met Jeff, I met both he and his dad many years ago uh, at a points race out in Mission, B.C. And uh, that's how I ran into Jeff. That's when he was still sponsored by Rub Doctor. And at that time, he, he had a 150-mile-an-hour super street car. I was very impressed. I, I just really enjoyed talking to Jeff. And so, again, Jeff, if you haven't got your personal invite, buddy, I'll, I'll make sure I, I'll send it out to you. And if Jason beats me to the punch, well, so be it. Jeff said, come on. <laughs> awesome. Well, it, uh, we'll leave it at that. I think that's a good place to, to wrap it. With, I think so. Hanging on the end it with a cliffhanger. We'll see if maybe we can get Mike back on here in the coming weeks and save one of those, and, and we'll break some of that stuff here if he wants to come back on. You know, we're always looking for people. We are. And if Jeff Jackson's not doing anything, he can always come back on two in between pout sessions. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Mike, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, we'll be keeping an eye out for that uh, that website once that goes live. We'll get that shared around as well off uh, off the final round page. If there's anything else we can do, um, obviously, uh, just reach out. Uh, I know you're not afraid to ask for help and, and ask for feedback. So if there's anything that we can do to, to be of assistance, be sure to let us know. Um, keep taking care of the family, and I'm, I'm excited for you. This is going to be – it sounds like it's going to be awesome with the way things are already building this, uh, this early in the game. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it, Chris and Jason. And, uh, you know, I look forward to sharing new information with you guys. If we've got something major – uh, I'll, I'll I'll be sure to get a hold of you, and, and uh, maybe we can we can do it on your show. Awesome, we sure do appreciate it, man. You be well, and we'll talk soon. Okay. 
All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thanks, thanks Mike. You too. Take care. See ya. There we go. So, Beaver's Big Buck races at Grand Bend Motorplex, August 19th through the 22nd, 2021. Jeff pointing out that he is here anytime that we need him. All right. So, in a pinch, <laughs> expect a call. <laughs> yeah, it's been actually been a while uh, since I talked to Jeff. Uh, I need to catch up with him and uh, see how things are going. Uh, I've been obviously super busy and not uh not had the time to it's it's a terrible excuse but uh, yeah just not had the time to catch up with some buddies and see how everyone's doing super busy in the middle of a pandemic with nowhere to go and no racist that's right okay just just making sure we're on the same page (laughs) (laughs) awesome well uh yeah some good news we appreciate mike coming on the show making some time for us that's going to do it for us here tonight number 80 in the books for this edition of the final round we appreciate it we will see uh, he said Give Jackson, uh, give Jeff more than five minutes. All right. Fair. We'll, we'll give him seven. Yeah. Let him know how to time with uh, a little bit of time. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it. We're uh, putting the fork in it. We're done. We'll see everybody again in a couple weeks. Thanks a lot. This has been the Final Round Drag Racing Podcast, coming to you live from the FingerLakesOne.com studios in downtown Seneca Falls, New York. We'll see you right back here again in two weeks. Thanks for watching.